Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship Sunday Afternoon Bible Study. Today is study number three of Daniel chapter two. We're going to begin reading in verse 19 of Daniel 2. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. And I'll stop reading there. Now, uh, again, to remind us, the context is that the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, had a dream, a troubling dream, and a dream that he could not remember. So he called his wise men, which uh, of Babylon, which were the sorcerers and astrologers and and magicians and Chaldeans, and he told them to tell him the dream and the interpretation. They um, said to him that it's a rare thing that he required, and no one could show the king's matter except the gods. Well, then the, the decree was given that all the wise men of Babylon were to be killed. And and Daniel first asked, why is the decree so hasty? And Arioch, the, the captain of the king's guard, um, told him. So Daniel went into the king to request time in order to show the king his dream and vision. And apparently the time was granted And so Daniel and his three friends, the three young Hebrew men that uh, had entered into Babylon into captivity together, began to pray and, and to seek wisdom from God concerning the dream and the interpretation of the dream in order that they not perish with the rest of the wise people of Babylon. That's the historical context, and we know that spiritually, King Nebuchadnezzar is a type and figure of Satan, and Babylon can picture the overall kingdom of Satan of the world and and all within it, and Babylon can also picture the corporate church that was overcome by the forces of Satan and became um, as it were, a province of Babylon, a part of the kingdom of Satan. And we, we do know that during the time of the Great Tribulation, that there was hidden information in the Bible, the hidden truth, and that God opened up that hidden information to the understanding of his people, which caused them to flee the churches, to 
to leave the churches and congregations, and, and that was for their own good and welfare and benefit, um, the, because God was bringing the latter rain outside of the corporate body, outside of the church, and that's where a great multitude would be saved. And and so the character of the overall Great Tribulation for the first 2,300 days was changed. The days were shortened in that sense that God was now actively, officially saving again in the world, but not in the church. And And so this revealing of the secret to Daniel and his three friends, four Jews representative of all God's elect alive during the time of the Great Tribulation, and the revelation from God to them results in their salvation. Physically, they were not killed because Daniel and his three friends could tell the king his dream and interpretation, which spared the wise of Babylon. And in that sense, the wise of Babylon typify God's elect. All the wise of Babylon are delivered through the interpretation, well, the receiving of the dream and its interpretation, just as all of God's elect were delivered through the opening of the scriptures out of the churches and, and finally outside the churches, God saved all of his elect, the great multitude. Well, okay, in verse 19 of Daniel 2, it says, Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Now, uh, we would have to go back to verse 17 and 18, and I'll read that. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And we uh, discussed that uh, a little bit, that God opening up his word to the understanding of his people is a mercy. It's not to be taken for granted. It's not to be assumed that God is obligated in any way to reveal truth to anyone. It, it is a mercy of God. It, it is uh, what he has determined to do. It was God's plan to seal up the word as he uh, says to Daniel, and we'll, we'll read that. Lord willing, uh, as we continue in the Bible study in the book of Daniel, but it was also God's plan to open up his word at the time in the end to reveal much truth to his people, and that is part of his mercies. It, it, is, um, at, it is as a gift bestowed upon the people of God. Again, it, it is not something we deserve. Well, God should tell us uh, everything that he's doing and everything about his plan. And, and if he doesn't, well, then he's not being just. No, that's a completely wrong 
attitude and understanding if God holds back for a time or completely on a matter that is his uh, good pleasure to do. It, he is sovereign God and he will reveal what he desires to reveal. And, and, and when he does reveal it, then it belongs to us. Then we're uh, responsible for it. We're, we're, we become stewards of the mysteries of God once it's revealed to us. And that's why it, it's so sorrowful when people go back from truths that God has graciously, mercifully opened up to the understanding of his people and 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 now when people are um going back they're they're looking back to Egypt and and turning back in their in their mind to the world or to the church remember god likens the church to sodom and egypt in revelation chapter 11 and and when people are saying well it doesn't matter if the church age is over or not or uh, that that's not the important thing. The important thing is salvation, and, and 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 they're they're just muddling the water. They're they're making a mess of the doctrine of God that God has clearly opened up to the people of God and and confirmed it and supported it with hundreds of Bible verses that the church age is over, and. Uh, uh, you're you're not to go back into the house. You're if you're in the field, you're not to return back. God um, emphasizes that truth in several different ways. Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt, and and so forth. No, we do not dismiss and and disregard the wonderful. Truths and truth is wonderful no matter what it is. The wonderful truths that the Lord has given to us. They belong to us and we are required as stewards to be faithful in upholding them. And they, they were part of these mercies that are in view here in Daniel chapter two. Okay. Now in verse 19 again. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. You can imagine the the joy, the um, excitement, the, the uh, incredible moment. When Daniel and his friends, at one point, they are praying to God for something that God has never done before, as far as we know, and that is to reveal not only an interpretation of a dream, God has done that, but to reveal the dream itself that a man had, an evil man, and to reveal it to uh, to the people of God and its interpretation. So you, you can imagine that, that perhaps Daniel and his friends were, were unsure. Will God reveal this to us? 
Is it God's will that that we come to know this matter? And they also realized if it's not God's will that we are able to understand and to know the king's dream, we are going to die. And so uh, that added to the tremendous sense of urgency and and desperation in prayer where these men were praying and whenever any other thoughts would enter in, they would quickly dismiss them. We have no time for earthly cares or earthly worries or concerns. This is a matter of life and death. We must know what God will do if he will help us, if he will open up this understanding to us that we might know it. And and so they're praying and, and they're emphasizing again in prayer this particular matter. So they're going to the throne of God through prayer and they're approaching the Holy One of Israel the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we can be sure they they came very humbly to the throne of grace and besought the Lord, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Father above, Dear all-knowing God, and God does know all things, doesn't he? That's one one great comfort they had was a realization that God knew the answer. God did know exactly what King Nebuchadnezzar dreamed. And they knew God knew because God knows everything. That's one of uh, the incredible um, aspects or characteristics or attributes of God is he is all-knowing. And and he's all-knowing about everything in the Bible, about everything in the world, about uh, every created thing. He's all-knowing about everything that has ever been throughout the whole history of the world. And before it, if, if we would be able to go back into eternity past, and you travel and travel and travel into the depths of eternity past, all that has ever transpired in in that whole area of eternity past, God knows. And God also knows everything that will take place if we move forward into the endless depths of eternity future after this world is through. You, you, you can't extend your arms wide enough on either end of this spectrum of eternity. It, it is endless, boundless, infinite, and yet God knows all the information within the whole spectrum of eternity. Just consider the enormity of that kind of mind the brilliance, the power and might that it, that is the person of God. And, and so that wasn't the problem. Of course, they knew that 
the God they were praying to, the only God, the only true God, knew the answer. But the question was, would he reveal it? Would he tell them what Nebuchadnezzar's dream was and interpretation? Uh, because it, it, it had never happened before, and so they that a man's dream was was revealed and and so it was a matter of God's will concerning the revealing of it now on another point first they understood God knew the information secondly they did know that God is a god of revelation that is God is pleased and has been pleased to reveal truths that could not otherwise be known to his people. Uh, it, the, 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 um, uh, Hebrew scriptures, the Bible itself were a testimony of that. It was the word of God. It was divine revelation. God at sundry times and in divers manners came to Old Testament men and revealed himself. He he did it with Moses, so so that God gave divine revelation concerning the creation, and and the whole book of Genesis and Leviticus and Numbers and and uh, Exodus and Deuteronomy and so forth, and and so they understood two encouraging things: God possessed the knowledge of of what they were asking for. And God's character or how he had worked with his people was that he did reveal truths, hidden things to his own people, to the people of God. And, and, and so th- that was a second encouragement to Daniel and his friends that would spur them on, that, that would motivate them in their uh request in uh, in approaching God and and crying out to him and waiting upon him they knew in other words that God could reveal it because he possessed the information and that God might reveal it because that was according to his character that that was following suit in what he had already done for his people. And and so they besought the Lord and prayed and prayed and and, and you know how long can can someone pray before they give up? And in this case it was an urgent matter and all they knew was we have to pray and I'm I'm certain that Daniel and his friends determined to pray until the the captain of the guard came with his soldiers and literally carried them away to execute them we'll we'll just keep praying and praying and praying uh, until we cannot pray anymore and I'm sure that would have been their mindset and and yet how sad or sorrowful, how awful it would have been if Daniel and his friends went to pray 
and and uh, entered into prayer fervently, diligently, and had that strong desire to know truth. And yet, as they prayed after an hour, they uh, grew tired. And I'm sure they did. They were just men like us. They they grew frustrated and discouraged and said, oh, I I can't know this because God's not telling me. God's not revealing it. I, I prayed for the last hour. And and so then they start to think about food or they they just think about giving up. And, well, God is sovereign. His will be done. And, and if we're to be executed, we're to be executed. We can't change it. And, and to rise up from prayer... And, and to turn their mind and their attention to earthly things, to things of the world, and, and away from beseeching the Lord. Wouldn't that have been awful? Wouldn't that have been just, just, uh, tragic for Daniel and his friends to uh, to have done that when we read here that God did answer them, that God did reveal the dream and the interpretation of it, that God was merciful to them in that regard and granted them understanding. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, myself and others were, were very weak in the flesh and we we give up too soon we we stop beseeching god and praying for god and waiting on the lord too soon and yet just hold on and and keep looking to uh the hill from whence cometh our help our help cometh from the lord no matter how bad things look, and are things bad today? I would say they're pretty bad spiritually when the church age is over, the corporate church is in the condition it's in, and outside of the church, God's people have looked to the Word of God for revelation. Of course, God doesn't break the barrier of the supernatural any longer, but the Bible is divine revelation. Understanding the Bible requires God to grant us the the same type of mercy that he granted Daniel and his friends. And we have looked to the Bible and looked to the Bible intently for years. And God's people have been disappointed concerning certain matters when we thought the end would come and it has not come. And so some have given up. They, they've turned back. They, they no longer are seeking the understanding of God concerning revelation. Yet we have to remember God is merciful and the child of God, the elect holds on like Jacob wrestling with the Lord himself. And we will not let him go except he bless us. And the only reason we will not let him go is because 
he will not let us let him go. But the people of God um, continue to pray and beseech him and to wait on the Lord for him to finally reveal the secret as he did with Daniel. And notice he it says the secret was revealed unto Daniel in a night vision, and that would relate to the time of the Great Tribulation, a time of spiritual darkness within the churches and congregations. The lights of the gospel went out, and even in the whole world for 2,300 evening mornings, wherein virtually no one was being saved, it was a very dark time, and yet it was at the very beginning of the Great Tribulation, the beginning of this dark period, that God opened up his word and unsealed the Bible to the understanding of his people so that they can gain greater knowledge concerning the things that had been hidden for centuries and, and even for thousands of years. Um, let, let's look at the word revealed. Uh, this word is found in Second Samuel chapter 7. Verse 27, For thou, O Jehovah of hosts, God of Israel, hast revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee a house. Therefore hath thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee. Now the same word translated, um, revealed in Daniel is 1541, which is Aramaic, and it's related to 1540 in the Hebrew, and the same word translated as revealed is also translated in First Chronicles 17 and verse 25. And this is a parallel account to what we just read in Second Samuel 7.27. And in First Chronicles 17.25, it says, For thou, O my God, hast told thy servant that thou wilt build him a house Therefore thy servant has found in his heart to pray before thee. So it, it, you can hear how similar the verse is. And the word reveal, uh, 1540, is translated as told in First Chronicles 17.25. And, and that's what it means. When God reveals something, it simply means he, he told it. Just like if you have a secret and you you call a friend and you tell the friend your secret, you revealed it and and you do it through speaking through telling your friend. Well, God spoke to Daniel and and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a night vision. God revealed it. He told the secret to them. This word is also translated as openeth, the, the word revealed, in Job 33, beginning in verse 14. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet men perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of men. The word openeth. He reveals to the ears of men and sealeth their instruction. 
And, and that's the idea that God opens the understanding. Remember we read that in um, Luke 24 in verse 45 when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus with a couple of disciples. It says in Luke 24, 45, Then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. A right understanding of the Bible is kind of a, a very curious thing or a mysterious thing because uh, I know that I've had the experience, as I'm sure you've had the experience, where you read a verse and maybe you've read that verse a hundred times, five hundred times, and then you read a verse, the same verse again, and all of a sudden you see something. Of course, you're seeing with understanding. You see something in the verse you never saw before, and it makes sense. Spiritually, it fits in with the Bible. And, and you see the spiritual meaning of that particular verse that you had never noticed or observed or or been aware of previously in all the 500 times that you've read it. Well, someone might say, well, if you read it enough times, it, it comes through. No, then if that were true, it should have happened after 100 or 200 or 300 or 400. No, this is the working of God, the working of the Holy Spirit, according to his timetable and his will, God is the revealer of truth, the granting of understanding to his people. And, you know, maybe uh, an individual has been praying for wisdom about that particular verse and praying and praying and praying. And, and, and yet nothing's come through. Nothing's been understood. It, it, it's been a struggle. But every now and then you keep going back to the verse. You keep reading it. Uh, well, nothing, nothing new. It still, uh, seems like a brick wall today. Uh, oh Lord, help me, grant me understanding. And then the following week or maybe month or maybe five years later, you return and all of a sudden you see it. All of a sudden you see it. It, it has nothing to do with your own increased intelligence because it, it hasn't increased or your own increase in wisdom. No, you're the same person and yet now you understand because God it has determined well, now I will give insight. I will open the eyes of this person or the ears of this person to the spiritual truth that has always been there. And, and you see, this is the problem um, when it comes to understanding the Bible, that uh, it, it's even possible for two elect people to look at a verse and one has understanding and one doesn't and and maybe that it continues that way or maybe 10 years later the other gains understanding god is in complete control of what we know and what we do not know 
It's all according to his perfect will. Let's go to Psalm 119. And the same word translated as openeth or revealed is in Psalm 119 and verse 18. It says in Psalm 119:18, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Reveal to mine eyes. Reveal. Tell me, O Lord. Show me, O Lord. It's as though we're blind. We're, we're blind when it comes to the spiritual teachings of the Bible to right doctrine, to truth that God has hidden in his word. We cannot see it. This is the problem with the unsaved. They cannot see it. They may want to see it. They may desperately want to see it. And yet they cannot. It's an inability. If you're blind, and yet you don't know you're blind... But someone is saying to you, oh, look what I see here. Do you see it? Or look over there. And you you see that wonderful truth? And they look, but they're blind. And it would be the same as though a physically sighted person is saying, look at this beautiful flower. And look at that beautiful stream and trees and waterfall. And And they're saying it to... A physically blind person. Well, they can't see the flower. They can't see the trees or, or waterfall. But you're trying to get them to see what they cannot see. It's impossible for them to see. And, and that's how it is with spiritual truth for the unsaved. You can lay it all out. You can tell them all about it. Uh, you, you can tell them how beautifully it fits and harmonizes with all the Bible. Uh, isn't this a, a wonderful thing how God has laid out Israel and Judah's types and figures of the church? And, and so in Matthew 24, when God says, flee Judea, and run to the mountains or flee to the mountains. And the mountains are a representation of the kingdom of God. And so we're to come out of the church typified by Judea and go to the mountains. And you say this to people who are spiritually blind because they're not saved. They have a natural mind and they could look at you like you're talking in tongues you're you're speaking a language uh that's uh, they're they're not able to decipher they they cannot comprehend or understand because it has not been given to them remember the lord jesus in answering why do you speak in parables he said in matthew 13:11 he answered and said unto them because it is given Unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. He might as well have said it's given unto you to see the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven on the pages of the Bible. It's given 
unto you to see the the parabolic nature of scripture to understand historical parables and and the hidden meaning of various statements found throughout the bible but to them it's not given to them history is history to them plain literal statements are meant to be understood plain and literally it it is not given to them they cannot it's an inability, an impossibility for them to know the mysteries of God. Therefore, they are not stewards of the mysteries of God. But you who claim to see and claim to know these things, the elect are counted as stewards of the mysteries of God. Not stewards of the Bible as a whole, not caretakers of the oracles of God, as as the church was, in a sense, in getting the the book, the Bible, out into the nations and and establishing it in the pulpits. That's a different matter. But as far as God's revealing of proper understanding of the teaching of the Bible, the doctrine of the Bible as all scripture is profitable for doctrine. And the doctrine of the Bible cannot be known except through the revealing of the mystery, the hidden things of God. And that's why one of many reasons why it's just so terrible that people today who claim to be stewards of the mysteries of God, who who claim they uh, understand right doctrine, say, no one, no man is to teach anymore. We're not to teach anymore. We're, we're to just listen to the Bible. All right, well, you listen to the Bible, and, and then when you share with others, you, you just quote the Bible. And, and some people do that. Yet where is the doctrine? Where's the doctrine? The Bible, all scripture is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is more than it's going into the scripture and it's understanding the mystery. And in order to understand the mystery, um, for instance, that Christ was slain from the foundation of the world and not, he did not pay for sins in 33 AD on the cross as a, a necessity, you have to expound on it and share these things and see how all the scriptures fit together. And, and God's the one who grants understanding and, and gives us the doctrine of Christ. You know, the, it's really, uh, another attack. It's a, it's another way for the enemies of the gospel, the true teachings of the Bible, to come against the the people of God, to come against the wonderful truths that God opens up and and reveals as doctrine to his people, to basically say you're not to have doctrine anymore. That's what they're actually saying when they say only the Bible and no teachers. Don't don't tell me anything that the Bible means something. Just just quote scripture. They're denying one of 
the glorious purposes for the word of God, the Bible itself. All scripture is profitable for doctrine. Well, okay, let's go back to Daniel chapter 2, and we'll look at verse 21. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Now, he, the the masculine pronoun, can only be referring to God because he's the one, God, who removes and sets up kings. He, referring to God, is the only one that gives wisdom and knowledge. And so, to be consistent, the one that changes times and seasons in the first part of the verse must also be referring to God. God changes the times and the seasons. Now, that presents a question, because we know that God has a program or a timetable for times and seasons related to the time of the end, um, the, the timeline for the Great Tribulation, the time for Judgment Day, and so forth. Remember, we're told in First Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And then it continues on. Does uh, this verse in Daniel 2.21 mean that God could set up a, a timetable, times and seasons, and then later change it? Well, no. No, that, that's not what's in view in Daniel chapter 2. The words are not the typical words for times and seasons. Actually, what's in view is God changes the times and seasons that Satan seeks to implement. That's spiritually what's in view. Historically, it means that God has changed the time or the season. The word season is also translated as time. The King Nebuchadnezzar established for the killing of the wise men. Remember it uh, back in verse 9 of Daniel 2. Uh, this is Nebuchadnezzar speaking. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, for you have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can show me the interpretation thereof. So apparently, he set a time and and he was concerned or or accusing his wise men that they were trying to avoid the time that Nebuchadnezzar had established for the interpretation of this dream. Well, God changed the time and the season Nebuchadnezzar had established. And the wise of Babylon did not die at that set time because God granted 
uh, understanding to Daniel and his friends. The word uh, time here is also found in Daniel chapter 3, in verse 5. It says that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down in worship shall this same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And the word time again is used, the same word in verse 15. Now if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, and, and, and it's a repeat of the verse we read in verse 5. And, and here in Daniel 3, it's another historical parable pointing to the Great Tribulation. Actually, four times musical instruments are listed, and three of the times, six musical instruments are listed, and one time five for the number of 23. 23 is a number identifying with the Great Tribulation. And and so there also in Daniel 3, King Nebuchadnezzar sets a time. He sets a time and there's a penalty of death. If you do not do what he wants you to do, if you don't bow down to the image, the golden image he has set up. Well, it also reminds us of Haman. Remember Haman uh, had the lot cast before him, and then he he went to the king, and and the date, um, I think it was the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, was established as a day all the Jews in the kingdom would be slain. All the wise, isn't it interesting? All the wise of Babylon. All the Jews within the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians were to be slain. The enemy, Haman, the adversary, desired to kill the Jews. And he set a time. And and also in the book of Esther, God changed it from a day when all the Jews would be killed to a time when all the enemies of the Jews would be killed. Well, also in Daniel 3, verse 28, the word change is here. It says in Daniel 3, 28, that Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own. God changed the the king's uh program for or his timetable for destruction concerning Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The the fire had no power over them. And just as King Nebuchadnezzar, who's a, a figure of Satan, seeks to destroy the people of God to exercise judgment as though he were God, so he desires to establish his own timetable, his program for times and seasons. Well, God changes the king's word so that the elect are not destroyed. 
by King Nebuchadnezzar, nor are the elect destroyed by Satan in the time of great tribulation. God changes the efforts, the work, um, the, the design that Satan has for the destruction of the people of God. God does not permit it. And, and so he changes the times and the seasons. Times and seasons is really, it's a synonym for judgment, for destruction. And, and, and so we read and he, meaning Jehovah, changes the times and seasons of King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar does not have ultimate power over the people of God. God is the one who set King Nebuchadnezzar up on his throne. And uh, I don't think we'll have time uh, this afternoon. But in the very next statement, it goes on to say, He removeth kings and setteth up kings. Uh, so, so God is fully aware. Nebuchadnezzar possesses official power and authority to rule over his kingdom. God is fully aware because God granted it to him. God gave him that power and authority. And likewise, God's the one that set up Satan to rule in the churches and congregations and over the whole world in in a way that was never seen in prior history during the little season of great tribulation. God gave him the power and authority, and kings have power and authority to uh, use the sword. They, they can put someone to death. They have that type of power. Um, it, it's God-given, according to Romans chapter 13. And, and so, when King Nebuchadnezzar orders someone to death, he possesses the power to do it and the authority. And likewise, when Satan destroys, well, God raised him up to uh, bring destruction to the churches and congregations of the world. And yet, when this God-given power and authority is used by Nebuchadnezzar in the historical uh, context or, or used by Satan to destroy God's people, to destroy God's elect, well, then God intervenes and God protects his people. And he changes the times and the seasons. And he changes the king's word. He will not allow the evil king Nebuchadnezzar to harm his people. Nor will he allow Satan to destroy one of his elect. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.